Hello, everybody, and welcome to session three of our First John Bible study. I'm back here again with Craig, and we are going to dive right into the book of First John. Uh, we did a very, uh, so far we've been, I would consider, pretty surface level, and we just dabbled after our intro into the book of First John chapter one and did the first four verses to just kind of lay the foundation for where the book is going. Uh, we also gave you that memorization challenge, the challenge to memorize uh, the entire uh, chapter one of the book. And so we want to continue to encourage you in that and, and have you uh, wrestle through that. Um, today, we're going to carry on into chapter one and, and in through chapter two. I have no idea where we'll end. Uh, we may jump around a little bit, uh, but what we're really you know, there's a lot of questions I think that we'll answer in this segment. There's also uh, probably some questions that we're going to leave you with that we wrestle with and, and as, we, as we read. And I know Craig is somebody who has really spent hours of just rereading and rereading and studying and, and immersing yourself into the words of, of these verses. I know he's going to share a little bit about that that journey of, of how questions sometimes are what will rise to the top, uh, even beyond answers. And so we're going to, we're going to talk through that, um, as we go along. One of the questions that I really want to tackle in this, uh, segment is why Jesus died. Who is, who, who is Jesus in terms of the, the, the focus of his death? He made, um, a very bold claim of himself in the book of, the book of John. Uh, it's one that's quoted often, and it's really a, a, a verse that is distinctive to Christianity. It really, what I mean by that is, uh, it's what distinguishes Christianity from all other faiths. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father through me. And if you, if you understand the fact that the Father is the creator and the one that is in heaven, he's basically saying there's only one door, there's only one gate. There's only one pathway in, and it is it is through him. And so I want I want to I hope to kind of wrestle with that concept a little bit. And 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 what so what I think about this I think about why Jesus died, and and, and then I also think about how we live, how we live through that. How how does that impact how we live? How does that impact how we walk? How we go about our daily lives? Um, and all of this wrapped into this whole concept, Craig, of the idea of light and darkness. This idea, this contrast that is really cut hard in this passage, this idea of light and darkness. So I break this up. And into it's three not categories. just, yeah, and it's not just in this book. It is light and darkness is something that is throughout the whole Bible. It is, a, it's a conflict that will, that, that you just see when you read th from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Sure. Genesis 1 3, let there be light. Mm -hmm. And there was light and God separated mm -hmm. the light and the darkness. At that moment, <laughs> they were separated. And I don't know if you're like me, but, you know, I, I'm a scared of the dark. You know, I'm a chicken when it comes to dark. I've never liked the dark. Um, um, and um, I kind of end, I'm going to kind of end the segment with a little analogy of that, uh, that, that kind of sums it all up in a, in a, in a goofy middle school minded kind of way. Um, but, but, but yes, yeah, it's, it's the struggle of the Bible to some degree. It's the struggle of our life. 
it's the struggle of our world, this, this idea of light and darkness. I break it into three categories. And so what we're going to talk about is the light part here. And we're going we're gonna to talk about what is light. And we're going to wrestle in that. We may not answer everything in that. Um, but this idea of, of God is light, what does that mean? And, and one of the things, I, the word that comes to mind that I'm going to talk about is holiness. God is holy. God is light. And those are kind of synonyms. And the, <clears throat> That's the good news. God is, God is holy. God is the light. The bad news is there is darkness and we tend to be birthed and, and, and we spend a lot of our time on this earth. This earth is a dark place. We talk a lot about that uh, in our, in our churches that we are sinners and sin creates darkness. And so that's the bad news. So God's over here in the light. We're over here in the darkness, but then the, the best news, the great news, so to speak, is that through Christ, through Jesus, we have a path, we have a door, we have a gate, we have a way to move, not only ourselves, but we have, a, a, corporately, we have a, a way to move from darkness into the light. And so we're going to try to unpack that the best we can over the next 20, 25 minutes and, um, and kind of uh, jump in with that. So I'm going to start with good news. God is light. God is holy. Um, so this idea, this concept, uh, that God is light and closely, I believe is closely related to his holiness. So I'm not going to read a lot of verse by verse scripture in, in here, but I am going to begin with this verse in verse five and six. This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you. God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, and we fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin, but if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. So let's, let's talk about this whole concept of light. Um, and I'm going to go back to what you said earlier, uh, Craig. It's all over the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus said, um, uh, or, or God said in Genesis, you know, he, he birthed the light. Um, it, it, in the book of John, John writes about this in multiple places. Um, uh, that Jesus was the life and the light of men, I think. If you, you know, maybe you want to share, uh, maybe share a little bit of your journey in the memorization, both what you've learned and maybe some of the struggles uh, that you wrestle with, with this whole concept of, of God is light. Well, as I look at um, that very first verse where, where it says God is light and um, you were talking about um, just going back to the book of John, there was there's two specific places for me that it, it resonated. And, and one was that, um, in, in John chapter eight, uh, another one of those claims of, of, of Jesus was that, uh, in, in verse 12, it says that I am the light of the world. And, and we, again, we, he, he claims several times in the book of John, uh, I am the gate. I am the way and the truth. Of life. Here, that, that word that I am, that, that 
that was associated with with Yahweh, that, like going back to the burning bush, and and he, but he was also saying that he he is a light, and and in First John, God is light, and Jesus is claiming he is light as well, and so it's that Jesus claiming to be God, being being a part of that 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 to me was a huge thing, right off the bat from in my memorization stuff. So that whole concept of Jesus is God, mm-hmm. that there is this mystery this, that, that our, our human brains have a really hard time, but they're, they're separate, but they are one. Yes. You yeah, know, that, that Trinity. Yes. yes. The father, son, but also that, that deity. And that's a big, again, as we talked about in the last session, that was a big stumbling block. Uh, in the first century to many, the, the agnostic viewpoint that humans couldn't be God and, and vice versa. And that was a, that was a huge stumbling block. Um, and that day, it's a huge stumbling block today. Mm-hmm. That, you know, Jesus is a good person. There are, many, there, there are many religions, I mean, major world religions that would say Jesus was a good person. He was a prophet. He taught a lot of the right things. But that, that, they stopped short of that idea that, hey, he claimed to be God. <laughs> Uh, and he claimed to be not only God, but the only way to get there, the only way to get there. So uh, the, the fact that he is light, he is holy. So light, you know, I, I attribute this idea of, of light to holiness, this pure source of life and goodness. In, in the beginning, God created the light and said, mm-hmm. let there be light. To me, that's before sin entered the earth. Yep. So he created this this light, this, this, I, I mean, I often wonder in the garden of Eden, did it ever get dark? I don't know, you know, but the, the, the God created said, let there be light. This, this idea of, of purity, this idea of uh, things are revealed in the light. Some things that, that I jotted die, down, light exposes and reveals light brings clarity. Light, uh, t- uh, uh needs a source there there has to there's no such thing as every ounce of light we have from a flashlight to the the flip the switch to the sun i mean light has a source uh light is glory uh we are called to clothe ourselves in god's glory and his light light um what light is to the natural eye uh god is in my mind to the spiritual eye so this idea just of what light is you know that it's this pure it's this pure holiness peace. And, and God says through Jesus, I'm inviting you into it. Um, right. And, and where I struggle with, you know, God <coughs> is light. We, we, we think of it as a person, you know, God is light. So does that mean Satan is darkness, but yet it's, it's qualities. It's, it's the essence that, you know, uh, that, that God is love. God is light. There, there. It's a, it's a hard thing for us to wrap our minds around at this time of, of, you know, just the same like, like you said that Jesus is, is, is human yet God at the same time. Those are things that we, we have trouble with um, understanding. Sure, and kind of what I hear you wrestling with is also, you know, kind of that verse seven piece that, but if we yes. walk in the light as He is in the light, what does that mean? You know, yeah. like. Oh yeah, you know, that like, that is probably the biggest thing for me on a daily basis is what does it mean uh, for me as a Christian to walk in the light? Because in Matthew it talks about that we should be light and salt of the world. Um, what what is what does that mean? What do I what do I need to do on that daily basis to 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 live in that light to be the light? 
I think in that verse, we can find at least a partial answer. Mm-hmm. So if you look in verse seven again, he says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, comma, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, which purifies us from all sin. So uh, when, when I think of walking in the light, I think of living the good life. And what I mean by living the good life is, is fellowship with God and fellowship with other believers. It, it seen clearly like really like knowing who I'm surrounding myself on a daily basis, you know, who's feeding me, who's walking with me, who's pouring into me, who am I pouring into? uh, And and does it, does it connect with the the, the core of who Jesus is and what he did for me? That's that's a hard thing to, 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 to wrap our brains around, but this idea of, of, you know, we go to church, let's put it this way. We go to church on Sunday and that's, you know, we, we would probably argue that that's a time where we're in the light, you know, where, where in, or amongst the vast majority of people there would be believers. We're praising, we're taking communion, we're uh, um, studying the Bible, we're hearing a message, we're, 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 we're God's revelation is, is all around us. And then we leave. Hmm. So the rest of our time, um, are we, do we have to, is, is the light only at the church or, you know, like do, you know, what does it mean to daily journey and light? And, and I would go back to verse six that it says that, that if we claim to have that fellowship with him yet walk in the darkness, um, it says we lie and do not live uh, by the truth. And, and I, I kind of go back to to John chapter one, uh, verse five. It says the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. I think there's a, a time there's there's this this time where we uh, I, I believe in chapter two it talks about um, that if we if we're a part of the world uh, and and world as in uh, you know being a part of our not just culture, but, but the, the sinful part of this world that, that we kind of close ourselves out from the light and we're, we're, we're living more in the darkness and we don't understand it. <clears throat> Sometimes we get, we get confused because we're, we're trying to um, ha- straddle that line and, and, of light and darkness. And, and that's where my, for me, as a, as a young kid growing up was, where, where's the line? How good do I need to be? Or, you know, do I straddle the line? Uh, but yet God calls us to be pure. He wants us in the light. He doesn't want us anywhere near the darkness to be a part of it because that's where, that's where God is. He is that light. Yeah. There's so many of us in this world that we want to dimmer switch, don't we? You know, we Mm want to, we, we, we want it lit when we want it lit, but then sometimes we'd like to dim it down a little bit, you know, to be able to dabble in this or dabble in that. Right. But still, but still not be in total darkness. And, and, yes. And what I'm, what I'm starting to see in, unfold in here, and even in my own life, there are moments when I've made mistakes. And maybe, maybe that darkness I've created is even for those around me. You know, that I, I've created this cloud of darkness to some degree, you know, and, uh, you know, so I, I think about, I think about in verse nine, some attributes that pop out. So in verse nine, it says, if we confess our sins, and typically when we read this verse, that's what pops out to us. Okay, I got to confess, I got to lift my sins. Gotta, 
but but it says he is faithful and he is just and he forgives well let, let, let's let's talk about those attributes again god is holy he is perfectly faithful god is a faithful being and he he's proven that throughout scriptures there's 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 nobody that will question the faithfulness of god he is perfectly just you know the 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 concept of justice is really a popular topic in our world today god is he's perfectly just and he is also uh he's also forgiving mm-hmm. and and so when we look in the world uh and we see unjust things and we hate it we got to know that he is just when we look in the world and we see unfaithfulness all around we got to remember he is faithful and um and that but that leads us to this idea of bad news this idea that and there's sin all around nine, nine times and just this short area of first john the word sin um you know this this idea of 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 sin uh, arrives and 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 you know I, it, it's a reality that christians today are wanting to talk less and less about and, and can i jump in real quick on that faithfulness part just yes. to go back a little bit is yes. that that the thing that jumps out to me is that that verse uh, verse 8 um, it says if we claim to be without sin and in verse 10 it, it, um, it says if we claim we have not sinned and it's bunched in between those two is that if we confess and, and and the thing that always jumped out at me as I would say these verses over and over was in the midst of of all of this God is just I need to I need to come to him and understand that that I I need him more more than he needs me. I wow. need I need to to understand that that I, I may think I'm living a great life, or I may think that you know I, I, what I'm doing is not that bad. But yet, in the midst of of those two verses of of claiming that hey maybe I'm not sinful or maybe I'm not really uh, as bad as what I think, he is saying that if we just come to him, if we just confess, look, I need you. Uh, that's where that faithfulness is and that just is. Boy, that's huge. I mean, that is, that is, that is really at the pinnacle, I think of what I believe John is really after here. And, and and there's two, two things I think of in that, what you just said. One Mm -hmm. is the weight of our sins. We first to do that, to, to know we need him, we have to stop and feel the weight of, and the reality of our sin. We have to recognize that in our culture today, sin is almost a bad word. Uh, we don't want to talk about it anymore. We don't want we we have a, a culture that's growing, or a part of culture that's growing that wants to downplay that there is even such a thing as sin, um, and therefore we want to justify our actions. We can rationalize our actions. We can redesign things to fit what what makes us feel good or uh or what pleases ourselves or others um you know we can sensationalize it um and and, and th- this is bad news there is mm-hmm. sin in this world and we all romans says there is no one righteous not even one mm-hmm. And so, so the, there's a, there's a harsh reality that we have to accept. And that's what you're just saying. We need God. He doesn't need us. Uh You know, uh, we 
need him. I read a quote this week from Tim Keller who said, um, he, he said, God, God wants our, our heart more than our sacrifice. And basically what he, he paraphrased and said, what he means is he, he wants, he wants way more of you than what you can do for him. He doesn't need us to do anything for him. He just wants us. He wants fellowship with us. He wants us. And, and we have to recognize that we need him, that, that we desire him. And, and then the second thing that really rises out to me in this is he made a way, Hmm. Um, you know, he made a way um, though that if we don't overlook our sins that if we would really confess uh, if, if we would recognize our sins, there is a way out, you know, and I had, this was brought up to me in, in a class this last week. The, the discussion of, uh, you know, we love the idea of God's justice, but we don't like the idea that God would punish. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, <laughs> we have to understand God can't overlook sin. He's in the light. He is holy all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament. We recognize he, I mean, when Moses, when the Israelites were out in the wilderness, he couldn't look upon sin. It is not in his DNA. He, so we want him to be just to our enemies. We want him to expose justice where it's convenient for us. But the reality of God's faithfulness and justice is it's upon me. Right. That kind of goes back to uh, we want a savior, but we don't want a king sometimes. That the king sometimes has to make those, you know, he's the deck. It's his way or the highway type of thing. And. And we love to say he's our savior, but to say he's our king, he's our, he's the one that's in control and he has that, that he, he is just, that's just part of him. And he's, and, and that reveals, uh, you know, part of that light reveals how and exposes how bad we really are. And, and, and his, um, his glory, that light that, that shines from him, um, uh, is so brightening to us that that um, it, it just causes us sometimes to to run from it because we don't like to be a part of 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 the revealing of how bad we are, which then unfolds us to that major question that comes about so often in life is how can a holy God uh-huh. show His love to sinners while they're justly due His wrath? You know, how can God be true, just, but also be kind and forgiving? Matt, and that's a million dollar question. Um, and I believe that's where the shift into the great news happens in this passage, that, um, that Jesus died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things that I, I've wrestled with a lot, and I've shared this with you as we've talked over this passage, is what did Jesus die for? What did Jesus truly die for? Did, if you were to ask anyone in church, why did Jesus die? If you'd ask anybody that knows the story of Jesus, why did Jesus die? The answer is almost always. He died for us. He died for our sins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he died for mankind. And, and that's biblical. That's truth. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Uh, but there's another component to this that's kind of been revealed to me in this study that I just want to share. Um, Jesus did die for us, but wasn't it ultimately for God? Didn't he ultimately die? 
for his father and his father's sake, his father's glory. Uh, and, and where I'm going with this, and stay with me so that I don't freak you out, but I, I think about the fact that in our world, we are so me-centered. We are so us-centered. We, you know, so it's, it, it's awesome to say, God died for me. You know, Jesus died for me, you know, and, and while I was, and it's true, it's, it's, again, it's scriptural. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It says that, but there, there's also this idea. And I, I pulled this idea from the gospel of John when I was <laughs> trying to look through all these avenues, Jesus himself was getting ready to go to the cross. He was talking to his disciples and in John chapter 12, verse 27, 28, uh, it, this is this is what he said. He said, um, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? Question mark. No, it is for this very reason. I came to this hour. Glorif- Father, glorify your name. So there, there's a part of this that if you read the context of this and you read the context above and below, um, you know, he's predicting his death and his disciples are confused. But one of the things that comes out of this passage is that I am going to the cross for the glory of God. I'm going to the cross to point people to my father and build a bridge so that I'm not just going so you can get to God. I'm going there so God can get to you. It's God-centeredness. Jesus, uh, so here's my quote. Jesus died to satisfy the wrath of God. That's do sinners while showing the love of God to sinners. And to me, that's great news. So what he does is he goes and he enables a holy God completely in the light. In him, there is no darkness. He has no ability to be in the darkness, no ability to walk in the darkness. So he sends his son wrapped in human flesh to walk around in the darkness, to live perfect and to die, to die a perfect death so that I can be clothed in that, so that I can be draped in that, so that God can look upon me. So when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, I think this explains that. This explains that, that, he, that he claims, as you stated in the very beginning, Craig, he claimed to be light. He claimed to be God. He claimed to have that ability to... to, to to be that deity, to be that God. And it's through him that not only we have access to God, but it's through him that God can reach down into a dark world and say, I love you. I forgive you. I give you my grace. Uh, um, There's a passage of baptism that says when we are baptized, uh, we are clothed with Christ. You know, that when I go to meet God, what he sees, what does he see? Uh, He sees Christ. He sees his son. He doesn't see all my garbage and my junk. He sees what his his son. And that's in in chapter two. We get into that. We get into this idea of an atonement. We get into this idea. uh, One 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 version uses the word propitiation. Chapter two, uh, verse two, Um, one or one uh, translation uses the word atonement. That, that he becomes the covering. He becomes the, the, the bridge and the, the, the atonement. He's the advocate uh, for us. Um, and, and so I think that's, that's real critical 
in this in this section is we want to answer that question. I, I believe the one question we can't answer, while we may have other questions that we still wrestle with, is why did Jesus die? Well, Jesus Jesus died to satisfy the wrath of God. Jesus died because of darkness. And in that, that wrath of God was due us. That wrath of God due sinners. Showing the love of God to sinners so that now I don't have to remain in darkness. I don't have to, I don't have to dwell in darkness. So it's through that death that I can walk in the light as he is in the light. He's it's overcome through, the light. He's, he's over, overcome the darkness. Yes. yes. It's through, it's through that, that ability that he overcame that we um, can claim our sins. We can, this is it. This is who I am. This is my filth, God. And, and, and I want to leave this life of sin, but yet I still struggle with it. I can cast it upon you and I can draw strength from him and enable me to walk in the light. Now, that, that brings me to my goofy middle school story. <laughs> and when I was a kid growing up, we had a pig barn. Um, and, uh, it was probably, it was probably, I don't know, 300, 350 feet from the house, 400 feet from the house felt like two mile. And I would, I would procrastinate and I had to feed these pigs at night. And, um, I, in the winter months, you know, it'd get dark early and I'd have to go out there and it was pitch black. And we had like five pine trees right by the by the door and i thought man i thought there were wolves and those i mean i'm a I'm middle the embarrassing part of the story is i was like middle school high school okay but like we didn't have any outdoor lights there was no light on the barn there was no light in the backyard we didn't have the light by the door so when i stepped out of the house it was pitch black and i would sprint and run and i thought i heard noises and you know zombies or whatever and then when I get in that barn and flip that light in, for some reason, I felt okay. And this is, I mean, I just felt okay. It was this dingy, nasty barn full of pigs, but I felt okay. Why did I feel okay? Because I could see. Everything that was in there, I could see. It, 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 you know, even if there was something I didn't like, like a mouse or a, you know, a, something, a raccoon, I could see it at least. I could see it. Um, and then I do my duties, and then I had to turn around and go back to the house. And the beauty of that was there was a little glimmer of light through the door. And man, I would sprint again, scared to death. And I would get to the light. And once I was in the house, everything was cool. And, and, I, and I share that story because we need to be a church in today's culture that walks in light. That is a place where people can run to. That, that we provide opportunities for the people of this world to say, man, I'm in this darkness and it's, it's confusing and it's hard and it's scary and it's difficult and it's controversial and, and it's offensive at times, but we need to be this, as Jesus said, told his disciples that when he was on a boat, he looked up at the goal on height mountains in, in the Sea of Galilee. And he said, you know, a city on a hill can't be hidden. And, and, you know, he was challenging them to be a light. He was challenging them to, to shine their light. So to end this, God is light. In him, there's no darkness. The darkness is real. It is real. It is clear as day. It is real. And we've got a choice to make. You know, are we going, I don't think any of us, listening to this probably would argue we haven't accepted the light, but 
are we going to choose to walk in it? Are we going to choose to walk in it daily so others can see it, so others are attracted to it, so others um, can can come in and feel the safety that only God provides? Uh, Craig, any any final thoughts as we kind of wrap this up? Uh, you know, as the memorization thing comes back to me, as the is that uh, it says that the word is a light into my path. And, you know, as we continue to study and, and memorize scripture, that, that that light helps make that path a little, a little more visible for us as we walk in this world. Yeah, I, I, you know, the, the, the scripture, uh, you know, we could, that, we could go on for another half hour mm-hmm. on, on tying that into the, the whole piece of the light. That, that, that's, that's our ability to walk in that, that light daily to get into his word and and to be able to 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 dive in so i'm gonna i'm gonna put some uh discussion questions on uh the website uh for this uh they'll they'll probably be on there by the time you listen to this um for this session <laughs> and um i i'm not even gonna really give you an endpoint on this uh, this in, the, in our next segment we'll just pick up somewhere in chapter two and roll on um and uh, potentially may uh, jump around. Um, and and so one of the things I know that's coming uh, as we transition to chapter three, one of the, the things that jumps out at me is this idea of assurance, this idea of assurance of what is to come, assurance of eternal life, assurance of, of the fact that, you know, that light isn't just temporary. We're talking about an eternal light. Yeah. Um, you know, in Revelations, it says there's no need for the sun in heaven and in, in, in the new Jerusalem that Jesus, that he is the source that he he lights his radiance uh, is the source. And so um, we'll we'll continue on in, in this. So I'll give you some discussion questions to be able. Uh, so you guys continue to, to read uh, and do do your study. Look at these questions, come up with your own questions um also um challenge you to to continue to to work on memorizing chapter one and 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 sharing that sharing in that journey with someone and we will um we will march on if you have questions that you want me to address or you want craig and i to maybe address an upcoming podcast uh please send those to us and uh you know really maybe the final podcast if needed will be where we just do a lot of addressing of questions that have arose through this study and not that we're going to have answers because as Craig clearly pointed out early sometimes the more you wrestle the more that's the beauty of studying the scriptures is that you get answers and you get more questions and you study more and you get answers and you get more questions and I, I I think that's part of God's revelation of light so um Thanks for listening today. Hopefully that you were challenged and, and got a, a little uh, a little bit out of that. And um, we will talk to you next time.